following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. One of your go-to meals for uh, for dinner tonight that we talked about on one of our latest road trips. Mac and cheese. Box of mac and cheese. Nice. Made three boxes for the fam. Unbelievable that you put a stick and a half of butter in. I know. For it's three so bucks. And and you have to do the the milk, the powder, the butter. Like yes. Forget that bag of cheese shit. That, no. No. I want the old school. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, because because I use their bags of cheese. No, I mean like the Velveeta where yeah. it comes like and it's like already melted. Oh no, I no, didn't I do. Don't, I don't, no, I don't. I don't don't, don't do those. the powder. No, I just did. I just did the craft. So it's, you're saying yes, not the bag. Which one are we talking about? Yes, you do the powder and okay, the milk good. and the yeah. butter. Oh yes. Yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. No, no, the heating up the noodles and the little water and then the melt each. No, uh, no, no. The, the lick. No. no, that doesn't work. Although I am a fan of I am a fan of the shells over the. Are you the straight macaroni? But I like the old school the best. Oh man, that's and that's like we toyed around with like different stuff growing up with the kids and trying different things and like a little bit of the more we, like we did some organic and some fancier stuff. But when it comes down to it, the kids even said tonight the craft is not beatable. No, it's the best. Real, I mean, and it for for the bang for your buck. It's unbelievable. Yeah, what is it a dollar? It's less than that. It was like eighty nine cents yeah. a box. Yeah, that's a meal. you know, it was unbelievable. So yeah, nailed that. Just cut ups uh, about. I cooked. Uh, I heated up four brats. Slice those up. Dish those in there. Nice. Mm. I just, like a little. I like a little pepper on mine. Just beautiful. Oh yeah, so nice. good. All right, we are back with uh, the intentional foul. Took last week off because there just wasn't a whole lot going on other than basketball. We had still had a week away from, and we um, were we were busy as shit last week. That's too, true. So. No, we had three games in a row for playoffs. So we drove over a hundred and forty miles each game, well, more than that, I think. Probably almost two hundred round trip, almost for each game. So yeah, a lot of mileage uh, added up, and we'll see. Maybe we'll. Maybe we'll be at state next week. Could be, maybe we'll see. We'll we'll talk about that kind of as we uh, as we wrap things up. But it's a good day to get back because um, I mean, clearly a lot of stuff happened. Um, I I had a feeling, and this always happens. Last thing I do before I leave the office is record my midday sports, but that's recorded at about nine oh five. I should just learn that whenever I. I'm doing a story of we'll see what happens today to air at 11:45. I should just omit that because usually something happens in between when I leave and when that airs that makes my recording sound like I'm an idiot. <laughs> because that's what happened. And I said I said something to the effect of we'll see if there Devonte Adams is franchise tag. Rogers maybe come to a decision, and of course, as soon as I leave the building, both of those things happen. So so by the time that aired. Somebody was listening and probably went, what the hell are you talking nah, about? Yeah. So I should just learn to just forget that. You, um, okay, so you find this deal for Green Bay or for Rodgers hysterical. Well, yeah, but there's a caveat now because Rodgers came out and said that that's not the deal. 
So it was reported that he signed a four-year, $200 million deal with the Packers today. Mm-hmm. Rodgers came out and said he has that is not the deal, and he has signed nothing, but he is going back to the Packers. So if the Packers gave him a four-year, $200 million deal, yeah, that, that's fucking hysterical. I think that's that's fantastic as a fan of every other team not named the Packers. Because unless the Packers have solved the Rubik's Cube of how you have the most expensive quarterback in the league on your team and win Super Bowls, it's a bad deal. If that's your goal, well, nobody nobody else has mastered that. If that's your goal, $200 million for four years would be a bad deal. But if it's not the deal, then I need to see what the deal is. So I was I was listening to a couple of, of Packers guys on my way over here, and I, I didn't dive in. And the guy that I follow on Twitter that I'm most apt to learn stuff from, and, and everybody should that is at least a Packer fan, he's the salary cap guy. His name's I think his name's Ken Ingles. And he breaks down the year by year what you're guaranteed, what counts against the cap, and then all the years out and how those numbers work. So what I heard on the way over here was for four years, the first two years, he doesn't even make um, quarterback uh, top 10 money as far as a cap hit is concerned. It's maybe $30 million. That's very doable. Now... That balloons in the third year and especially in the fourth year, which I think at this point you could probably realistically say you probably get another two years, maybe three, and then he's probably done. He's not going to play out all four years of this contract, in my opinion. So you're really looking at now on more of a two-year window. But like they also brought up, are we going to do this rigmarole again where they're going to draft somebody? Like We didn't even get to the Jordan Love implications of this whole thing, but it's like... How now are you going to plan for the future again? What's this process going to be? Are we just going to go through the whole thing that we just went through again? Like I, what? Regardless, you've to me, you've got now two more years. That's that's my window that I'm looking at, and it, and it also means that you can probably have a window to re-sign Adams to a long-term deal because they just franchised him. You get a certain window. Um, before that gap closes, and then he has to play on the franchise tag, and then he's a free agent again next year. Uh, you don't have to maybe get rid of some of the guys that you were looking to jettison in free agency. You can now bring some of them back. So to me, it more and more looks like not a whole lot is going to change from last year to this coming year, and maybe also a year down the road as well. What really starts to get messy, at least from how I'm interpreting this by people who know more than me, is after two years into this contract, then you got more problems. But here's the thing, too. Salary cap's going to keep probably going up unless we go through another pandemic, which who the hell knows at this point. So I don't think this is, and again, I'm one of the more sensible, realistic Packers fans out there. This doesn't look on the surface. The, the numbers look gaudy. Don't get me wrong. But looking deeper at him, it doesn't look as insane as it sounds. Just my opinion. Yeah, and, you know, with these cap guys, you know, they can they can bend things and to the way that makes it sound good for the team that they want to make it sound good for, and they can do it in reverse. So if you believe that guy and that's 
where you get your info? Well, fair. So far, he's fair. nailed he's nailed the contract restructuring, which is what they talked about right out of the gate to solve a lot of their problems. Okay, and 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 they and they did the three guys that they were supposed to do. I don't think. I mean, look, I never thought. I don't think anybody that either of us thought he was leaving. Leaving. I mean, I think that if you looked around the league, it just didn't make a lot of sense football wise. I didn't think he was going to leave for another team. I, my second bet would have been retire. Yeah, yeah. So either play like, for Green Bay or retire. Him coming back isn't like the craziest thing in the world, but I, I just don't know how in this next two years. I just don't know how this team gets any better than they've been the last three. Probably not. I mean, and but salary cap's going to go up, and then maybe they'll have yeah, some room. They, yeah, but what are they getting? Who are they signing? Well, what impact guy are they? They like people can say whatever they want about the Packers and how their season ended. They scored seven points in a playoff game, oh, and it was off of scripted plays. It is not lost on me that when it comes time to get the job done at the most meaningful games of the year in the postseason, the job hasn't gotten done. No, and, and I'm not just totally pointing the finger at Rodgers. Like, Jones and Adams haven't made plays. So, like, are you going to go – is is A.J. Dillon going to now become this huge force? He hasn't proven that he can stay healthy. Are they gonna Are they gonna draft some by some miracle? Are gonna draft the next great wide receiver because they're not signing one? So I don't know. I just from looking at the Packer team, I, I don't know. I guess I, I obviously Rodgers has them over a barrel because they know Jordan Love sucks. They know it. They know they the reason why he's back is because Jordan Love sucks. That's the point. He's going into year three. If they had any inclination that Jordan Love had the possibility of being a franchise guy at some point. They'd save all this money and just let let him go and deal with this and turn it over to him. So this is also a move to me as self-preservation from Gutekunst. I think so because Rodgers has them over a barrel right now. It's like either, you know. Dude's got all the MVPs. He's led you to... You know, within a game or two of the Super Bowl, best record, you know, what a, however well, you know, many things. It, it's like you don't just let that guy well, go or trade him away. And you know who else knows Jordan Love isn't that guy? Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. It's like, really? You're going to, really? This guy? It ain't like him and Favre where Favre knew Rodgers was legit. Whether he liked it or not, he knew it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure Rodgers thinks Jordan Love is legit. So I don't know what. Yeah, what that means for for him next. I mean, people were talking about, yeah, maybe we can get a second round pick or a. I, I, my next Why? question: would Why be, would anybody give you that though? Because they know you're desperate to get rid of him. You know, it's it's like it's you, almost like the Garoppolo thing. Who are you signing to be your backup now? Are you going to go with that Kurt Bankert guy? Well, they could draft somebody. Okay, but now we're back in the same. Well, it's like, like you just said though. It's like. Are you going to keep paying Jordan Love this first-round money and then you're going to have to make a decision on him in like a year, right? I think so, yeah. So Is he headed into year three or four? He's headed into year three right now. Okay, because the standard ones are four, four years, and then you pay him a fifth-year option. Right. It's like what the Patriots dealt with with Garoppolo, except Garoppolo had success when he played. It gets to the point where it's like, well, we got this old guy and he's great, but we drafted this guy to replace him. And we like, can't use but him. we either have to shit or get off the pot here. Right. Are we going to pay him to keep him and then hope that he turns into something, or do we just try to get a draft pick for him? 
So at this point, if you figure you got two years left, then he plays out the four-year rookie deal. And if you give him a fifth-year option, then technically, if you move on in two years, he'd be, after four years, your week one starter. Which I, I, I just have a hard time seeing that happening, right? Like, they're just going to hand he, the keys over to him? Like, he couldn't, he couldn't play in five years? Like, I don't know. That's just weird to me. Has that ever happened? I, I, you're asking the wrong you know, guy, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Normally, guys like that that are good, they, there's a team will push a guy out. We've seen it. Sure. We've seen it. They will push a legend, a Hall of Famer, a guy that can still play. They will push him out the door. In favor of somebody. In favor of who's, somebody who's going to be really good and is way, way, way cheaper. Mm-hmm. That's not what's happening no, here. No, no. That tells you a lot. Well, and I, then my also question is, like, what is the market for Jordan Love if you want to get rid of him? Like, can you get rid of him? You're not, you're not just going to cut him. I mean, no. he's, he's into year three well, you before to, your rookie You don't have deal. to yet. You no, don't really have to but that's what I mean. Yet. So what are you going to do with him? Are you going to put him as QB3? You know, I mean, you're going to – I don't know. I, you just keep hoping and then – trade him away and then draft somebody else and make him QB3 and then all of a sudden he vaults ahead of love. I well Adams getting franchise tagged. I mean everybody pretty much knew that was coming. Yes. Um I don't know that he plays the season out in that. Uh I would be maybe looking at another maybe 3 year deal. Do you, do you think like he, he had before that those these two are now still attached at the hip? You think he takes a discount cuz Rodgers came back? I don't know. I mean, I saw that the salary cap's going up $26 million from last season, um, and and it it, it reduces Rodgers' cap hit for this year. So it's not like they don't have the money now. They can sign him to a lucrative deal. But do do they want to? You know, do they want to make him the highest-paid receiver in football, and does he settle for less? I mean, that's kind of been the question the whole time with him. I would answer those questions in order of no and yes. <laughs> right? I think so they, how does this play I, out? I think they know? don't want to make him the highest-paid no. receiver if they don't have to, and maybe he does take, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just weird with some of these receivers. You have to know if money is not the primary goal here. I mean, you know, it can be about the money and it can really be about the money. Do you want to make a good living and do you want to win at the same time or you want to make a shitload of money and get your ass kicked and just go somewhere that's going to pay you a shit ton? Seems like football players are really, really, really drawn to the money. More, Seems more, like more, than, more than like in other sports. So do you realize who's throwing to you and do you risk going somewhere to have a quarterback that's bad and not prosper, but you don't care because your check is cashing every week and it is absolutely making your bank account filthy. If a guy's tagged, can they still trade him? Yes. So, like, he could, if they can't come to agreement by the draft or something, they could trade him to the Raiders so he could go play with Carr for picks or something? I'm not sure that you can't trade him in the season as well because you know you're going to lose him, but then I think you would have to it'd be like... There's probably some financial some sort penalty. Or rental or maybe you way. have to agree to a contract extension beforehand. I I don't know the implications of that, but yes, uh, franchise and trade has been one of the things on the table that I've seen linked Adams to. That so, could be interesting too. I mean... Jeez, you just lock up your quarterback and then franchise your favorite receiver and then ship him away. That's a good that, well, Yeah, I mean, that would be very, very shocking if that happened. To me, it would. I don't think Rodgers would, would 
put up with that, but no. And 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 I think probably he agreed to come back, and maybe you know those two probably talked. Probably, yeah. You know, I he says, "Hey, so. I would if, hope so." If I'm going to come back, I want you here, so figure it out. Right. You know, it, it doesn't mean you're going to get top shelf money, but hey, read the room, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So, um, no, it's you said this is good for the Bears when when you and I were texting. <laughs> And why? And what did you mean by that? Well, I just don't. I think I don't think the Packers are going to be any better in the short term. And then I think they're that's the trajectory on the downward slope. I think when the Bears are going to be good in two or three years, they're going to pass each other. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I, I'm not worried. You know, as a Bear fan, you always kind of have that thought in your head, like, well, you know, maybe Jordan Love he gets in the Packers system. They've done well with quarterbacks before. Blah blah blah. But the fact that they're not ready for him. And he's apparently not ready to play. Um, it it just it gives me more confidence that if Fields becomes the player that everybody seems to think he can and will be, um, I think that yeah they're going to be passing each other in about two two and a half years. Part of me also thinks, and when like I go back to the self preservation thing with Goody, part of me thinks it's not love being not ready is a factor. But I guess it's hard for me to see a general manager ready to give up on or trade a guy that's just coming off an MVP season and is still playing at a really high level and and justifying that to a publicly financed or owned, whatever you want to call it, a fan base like that. I mean, people would riot. Well, yeah, nobody, nobody wants Bay. to be the general manager that, pushes the legend out the door. Especially I mean, when he's still playing. We just saw, I, I, I'm sure Bill Belichick didn't enjoy last season watching Tom Brady go to Tampa, be the you know be a MVP candidate, and then win the title. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm sure Gutekinds, for a lot of reasons, wants Rodgers there because it, it's, well, number one, it's job security also. General I mean. managers don't get fired when they go 13-3. and three. That's what I mean. <laughs> you know, Self-preservation. They go fired yes. when they go 3-13 and 13, yeah. or and, 14 now with 17 And games, then you but. all of a sudden invest in this guy that you potentially made a wrong call on. Yeah, you could always cut bait and blame somebody else. You could say, well, they couldn't coach him up. That's why we got to get rid of the coach, quarterback coach. Or, well, you know, our, our scouts misevaluated and we got to fire the scouts. Or, Yeah, there's always a scapegoat when you're a GM. Yeah. You know? There, to me, there's just a lot of different factors in play. And, yeah, I love not being ready or has having the full confidence of the front office of the coaching staff. That's probably one of them. I mean, it's I don't know how big it is, but it's definitely a factor. Um, if you're talking four more years, though, of Rodgers, and at least, you know, or, or even three. I would say three know, max. That's, that's, that's kind of an indictment on Jordan Love. Yes, it just is. But it, like that was one of the if, things. If the pay, if, let me tell you, let me put it this way: if Peyton Manning never got hurt and was on the Colts, and somehow the Colts still ended up with Andrew Luck when Peyton Manning was thirty-six, you think they were going to not play Andrew Luck for five years? No. Peyton Manning was going to get pushed out the door because that's what happens in the NFL. Yeah, when somebody's ready to take your spot at a cheaper rate, you get pushed out the door. It doesn't matter what position. Joe Montana had it happen to him. But does it matter if you just come off an MVP season and a well, number? Well, it's one never ha- that's never happened. That's so I mean, I mean, I don't know that it matters or not. I mean, you didn't win the title, so no. what? 
Congratulations on your regular season award. Yeah, but not everybody views that the way you do. I know that's I know that's I, your thing. I think it's the biggest problem I have with Packer fans. Like you're fine with being fine. I'm fine with being good and, okay. and getting getting in the dance every year and giving yourself a chance because if you don't get there, then then everything else so you doesn't just, matter. So you just wanted to get asked to prom. You didn't care about being the prom king. You just wanted to go. You just wanted to hang out by the punch bowl and maybe slow dance with somebody once? I don't need to be the prom. But wow. I've, I've, right. I've never needed to be that guy. All right. Well, I mean, I just think that's what you play for, man. Oh, that's, that's what you play for. You play it at a very, very more high well, athletic yeah, but, I mean, level than I you ever play, have. When you're a professional, that's in that's sure. And you're on Aaron Rodgers type level. I mean, that's what you play for. Yeah. Well, that might not be what the backup lineman's playing for. He wants to make as much money as he can in the four years that he might be in the league. And maybe I get that. and maybe earn a starting yeah, job. That's different. But when you're on this top tier level of you know you're talking about greatest of all time guys, you're you're playing to win. Yeah. Like, not making Super Bowls for a decade, uh-uh, uh-uh. That's not what your franchise should be about. Not when, you're, not when you have coined your own city title town. Title town. Yeah. Well, You've got two in the last half century. That's like, a fair point. Jeez. That's a fair point. Uh, apparently, we all know a Denver Broncos fan now. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> that was real quick. I wonder how quick the NFL shop is going to be drained of Broncos merchandise in the well, next 24 to 48 hours. I guess. They're, they're going to be printing Russell Wilson jerseys left oh, yeah. and right. That's oh, yeah. that's going to be flying off the shelves. Well, and Denver's a football town. I mean, that's, you know, that's an old school AFL football city, and I'm sure he'll he'll love it there and they'll love having him. I think I think it's a phenomenal trade for Denver. I really do. I think that um, I think they dodged a bullet. Yeah, okay, you said that earlier. Why do you feel like because now Rogers, this is Because Rodgers comes with stuff. Okay. Rodgers has just got baggage. Is that just because you don't a, like him? He's, or? A, he's a drama queen. He's a passive-aggressive, arrogant, I'm the smartest guy in the room kind of guy. Russell Wilson, I think, just plays football. He's cheesy as hell. That's okay. We, that, but yeah. but that that's people don't necessarily view that as bad. No, you would rather take that than the other. For sure. Yeah. You know, Aaron. The funny thing. Funny thing is, like Russell Wilson is married to a much, much, much more successful and famous person than Aaron Rodgers was dating. Yet all you ever hear about is Aaron Rodgers' dating life, and like you, you know, you might see a Russell Wilson Sierra picture, but like. It's not a big deal. It's anymore. not a big deal. Yeah. But, I mean, Rodgers is probably still today a better football player on just one-on-one quarterback versus quarterback. But I think Russell, with that team, with some of those offensive weapons and that defense in Denver, is going to be really good. Now, he just put himself in a re- – he went from the hardest division in the NFC to the hardest division in the AFC and now probably the league. But, like, looking at it last year – Having Teddy Bridgewater and Locke, Denver was still really competitive right. in a lot of games right. with those guys. Yeah. So Herbert's been there for And what? a defensive coach and fans. Yeah. Here. Now you're going to get an offensive, offensive guy. guy. So Herbert's been there, what? This will be year three. three. So they haven't, they haven't sniffed the playoffs yet. You got Mahomes, and then you've got help me out with the, the other team, and then, and then you got Carr, who they they have been up and down, but good top top half quarterback yes. in the league for sure. So, 
I don't really see I don't really see a problem if I'm Russell Wilson at all. What I've traded from to go to that's fine with me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's similar. Yeah. It's similar. You know, you got to deal with the Chiefs, and they're still going to be really good next year, most likely. And the Chargers have a shitload of talent. You know they're going to screw up four games. It's just, what do they do in the other 13? Mm-hmm. But they're still going to be competitive, and that Raider team's better than people think. They, I, you know, I, Cars, he's good. Oh, yeah. he, he, he's like uh, he's like Stafford good. I just don't know about the rest of the team. Well, that's, yeah, who that's knows? That's kind of up and down. And I don't even remember. Oh, and they got uh, McDaniel now, right, mm-hmm. I believe, is their coach. So maybe offensively they'll be better. But, yeah, I you know I think they gave up. They gave up Noah Fant. They that's, gave what, up that's what I'm looking couple at. I'm, picks, I'm right? looking for the terms. But, yeah, I can't. I'm not jumping on the Wi-Fi here, and we're in the basement here in Studio B. So things I are think it was two first, okay. two seconds. And uh, Denver also gets a fourth with Russell Wilson, something like that. So, yeah, I like the trade. All right. Um, I haven't really got into the gambling Ridley story too much. All I've done is see the headlines and the fact that he was suspended for a year. Um, And other than the fact that he was betting on games. Mm Mm-hmm. Have, have you read more of this? I guess he did like a. I, I guess he did a couple of parlays on his phone, like on a. I, I don't know what site, but like a FanDuel kind of site. And apparently, he gambled like fifteen hundred dollars on there when he did it. And it was during the time he was taking his mental health break, so he wasn't with the team. Uh, but it's still prohibited because he's still technically, I believe, an active player. Um, he did bet on his own team, but I guess he did bet them to win. You know. Not like he would have anything to do with it anyway, other than the fact that he's not there. Right. Um, yeah. I did see it was funny. Somebody put out on Twitter and and funny, ironic, I guess, not funny, ha-ha, but it was like um, Greg Hardy got 10 games for beating the shit out of his girlfriend. Um, Josh Gordon got like three years for weed. Weed. Um, and he's getting a year. For, Ridley's going to get a year for gambling. It was just kind of like the priorities of the suspension seem a little out of whack but here. That's always the way it's been with that league. This is an interesting thing, though, and I heard Wilbon bring this up yesterday. So we have this thing with Ridley. He's going to get a year. They're going to make you can't gamble. Players can't gamble in the on NFL games. I don't know whether they can gamble on other sports, but we know they can't gamble on NFL games. But Wilbon brought up an interesting point. What about the Brian Flores story about uh, Stephen Ross allegedly offering to pay him to lose games? To lose games. It's really it's it's not technically gambling, but it affects gambling. Hundred percent affects gambling for sure. Um, so if you know somebody, could he tell a friend that hey, I just paid my coach, coach a quarter million to dollars game, to lose his game? So go bet a ton of money on against us. So. That'll be interesting to see, obviously, how all the Flores stuff plays out. But that's just another little nugget. Like, okay, well, if you're going to s- suspend a player, you, what you, are you going to do to an owner? you got to do a deep dive into that now. Right. Yes. you got to look at that a little harder than maybe you would have. Yeah, I mean, if that's an accusation that you want to dismiss normally, okay. But now in the face of this, I, I mean, I think that should have been followed up on because anybody out the door is going to, you know, start, you know, just slinging stuff. And I get it. See what sticks to the wall. But now that you got this, well, like like you said, if there's more of a grand scope that you have to consider, 
probably better really look into that. And I don't know how you prove that or who you talk to or if there's a paper trail or anything like that. It's just such a sticky situation now with these leagues, though, and how much they're embracing the gambling aspect. Absolutely. It's hard to expect your your athletes to not get in on that. Well, and not feel like they should be able to participate as just normal people. You know, and that's why I say I'm not sure if a football player can gamble on a Bucks game. I don't know. I'm not sure. You'd have to think it'd be okay for other sports. You would think. I mean, but do, I don't know. Do you stop them from going to Ho Chunk or any no, other casino? No, no, because or my buddy like that, that works at Pato says he used to see people there all the time. Well, then you can't. So. Then what are we talking about? Or is it, is it all gambling, or is it just sports? Probably betting? sports. Yeah. Sports betting. Yeah. What is the harm then of let's say, let's just take any other scenario. Rogers betting on a week 13 when he's on the bye game of the Seahawks and the Chiefs. I guess it would only be insider information maybe you're worried about, whether he maybe he knows that Russell Wilson's got a shoulder impingement. Since and he's he, in the he, league he, yeah, and I is mean, privy to more information. Okay. Maybe, or maybe it's just their friends. You know, maybe he's but he he. Just got off the phone with Odell, and he knew so that he says, hey, man. his ankle had been right. bothering him all week, and he may only we, play a certain amount of snaps. we or, got a better shot to win this or something like that. I or, don't know. Okay. All right. I was just curious. Um, I, haven't heard, I haven't looked at the trade market. I know that uh, the new league year starts next Wednesday, uh, franchise tags and things, but uh, I heard the Giants owner, or was it the GM, say that uh, Saquon Barkley is – is on, he said he would listen. Yes. Yeah. I didn't hear anything about Christian McCaffrey. I but. guess they said the same thing down in Carolina. I okay. mean, it makes sense. Um, these two guys are high-dollar guys. I don't know if Barkley's got paid yet, but he's going to get paid. Let's just hold the phone. Look at this. Right. What's that? You made your prediction back in 2021 that Russell Wilson would be playing his last couple of games mm. for, for the Seahawks. Look at that. Look at that. How about that? Nostradamus. <laughs> well, you're one for two, but those are the only two we have down yep. on this thing. But yep. nice job. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So no, I, I I didn't hear about I didn't hear anything about McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it makes sense they're gonna be high dollar guys if they're not already. We know McCaffrey is, but um it's kinda like I don't know, some of these high paid position guys like that, wide receiver, running back, I'm just not sure they matter as much as their dollar amount shows that they matter. I hear I heard one of those locked on podcast guys coming over here bring up a good point. It's the fact that football is the ultimate team game. Mm-hmm. But in order to give your team a chance to win, you need a top 10 quarterback. Yeah. Everything else you can build around and build up and whatever, but if you don't have one of these guys, probably not going to stand a chance to win at all. Well, and it's like like look at Carolina, like McCaffrey's a guy that can get 100 yards receiving and 100 yards rushing and two touchdowns. That's great. Chuba Hubbard, though, can get you 100 yards rushing and a touchdown and maybe three catches for 40. So, it's, you know what I mean? Like, okay, well, he doesn't have the extra receiving yards, but is that worth $30 million? I don't know. Shouldn't be to you know? general managers. They shouldn't be able to figure that out. Um, I know the Dolphins, I saw, I didn't know the Cowboys tagged their tight end. I know the Dolphins tagged uh, their tight end, Jacecki, and I saw one of the former Good Karma a teammate say something to the effect, but I thought management said he didn't fit their system, and now we're giving him money to stay. So that might be a franchise and and trade deal. I I don't know. Um, I don't know anything about the the Cowboys story. Yeah, either. they franchised uh, 
Dalton Schultz. He had a really nice year for them. And uh, interestingly, the rumor has been that they're going to cut Amari Cooper. I heard that. Um, yep. Which is surprising because um, he's he still pretty young. Yeah, I think he's due pretty good amount of money. I, he was like third on their team in catches last year behind Lamb and I think uh, Gallup. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I mean, that's a guy that I feel like you might be able to pick up for a decent number. It's a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's a star, but, um, I mean. He'd be a good two or three. He'd be a good two on the Packers. For sure. You know, well, I mean. they got to figure out what they're I, honestly, doing with Valdez Gambling Honestly, now. he'd be a nice one for the Bears, well, you know, to, because I, it sounds like um, they're going to let Allen Robinson walk, and Darnell Moody's not a one. He's a slot guy, you know, and he's he's a slot guy who's not Tyreek Hill. He's good, but he you know he's he's not a number one. So the Bears need need receiver help for sure. I know they had been looking at Godwin, but I believe Tampa franchise yes, tagged him today, yep. mm-hmm. so he might be off the table. Plus, he's got a blown out knee; he's not going to play till week ten or something. If um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see kind of who's out there available in the next couple weeks. I don't know anybody, any other stuff come through on the franchise wire before mm-hmm. the deadline hit. So we'll see what happens from now until the uh, the league year starts next year. I know the I don't know if if the Rogers deal um, basically clears them of all the salary cap problems. They still got more stuff to do. Um, I'd I'd have to look at this. What this? Well, Kevin, I, I, Kevin as long as they says. as long as they bring Kevin King back, we're all good. Again. Didn't I say this a couple weeks ago, or, or did I tell you in a you car ride? You told me, yeah, in the car. It, he brought this up, the fact that it would cost Green Bay more money in salary cap space to make Kevin King go away than it would to bring him back for mm-hmm. another year, and my head exploded. Yeah, that's rough. That is rough. You can't get rid of this dude, <laughs> except when he's not on the field because he's hurt all the time. Oh, we're oh, getting God. burned for touchdowns. Just awful. All right. Um, take it away in the NBA. Um, I know the Bucks got a win against the Suns. They beat the Bulls. They won four games in a row, and they're down in OKC tonight. Great week for the Bucs. Um, they've won four or five since the All-Star break. 40 and 25, sitting third in the East, three and a half behind Miami. They're currently in first in the Central. Um so lost to Brooklyn first game out of the out of the gate after All Star break game they should have won but they but they blew it but then they blew out Charlotte um, had a furious comeback in the fourth quarter against a really good Miami team that was an awesome game um, last Wednesday night Giannis made some some unbelievable plays down the stretch um, went on the road and and uh, we're in a good game but inevitably just a little bit too much for the Bulls down at the United Center. Um, and then Sunday afternoon, Chris Middleton was off the charts, on fire, had 44 uh, against the Suns. Suns are without Booker and Paul, which is obviously huge, uh, but it's still still a very good team. And it was an emotional game, obviously, their first game back in Milwaukee since losing game six of the finals. So really good week, um, starting to play better, some some. Some good things on the horizon for them. Like you said, they're at the Thunder tonight. They got the Hawks tomorrow in Milwaukee at Golden State Saturday night. That's a ABC primetime game. And then at Utah on Monday. So after Wednesday, they go out west again for a couple. So mm-hmm. they've got, um, I think I heard they've got 17 road games left and 11 home games left, I believe, okay. or something like that. So um, 
kind of a tough schedule. But um, it was announced the other day, Brooke Lopez has been cleared for some five-on-five work. Um, I saw a video of him doing some stuff pregame. He looks good. I mean, you know, it's it's um, it's practice stuff. It's it's not at 100%, but everything trending in the right direction, that's a positive sign. I, w- I would think if he's going to be back f- and to be a factor in the postseason, I mean, we're what? We're second week of March. I would say in the next two weeks, he's got to be about ready to be playing games. Because I think you want at least two, two and a half weeks of him, maybe get seven, eight games under his belt um, before he head into the postseason just because of how much that ramps up. I think it'd be nice for for him to get back, get in the flow a little bit, play some meaningful regular season games that might matter for some seeding. But um, get him back. Connaughton, it sounds like about another week and a half, two weeks for him with his hand. He's making good progress. George Hill, I haven't really heard a timetable, something with his neck. Um, I would imagine he'll be back soon. Wes Matthews has kind of been in and out, uh, I think, with a with a foot issue. But, you know, he seems like when he plays, he plays about 35 minutes and then he misses a game. So I'm not sure if there's like a – if they're watching him, if there's a minute there. restriction there. Okay. But they seem to be kind of hitting their stride here at the right time. Um, the big three are healthy. I think they're twenty nine and eight when all three of them play. Um, so the Bucks are really good, man, and and they're going to be in the thick of the hunt. Giannis is in the thick of the MVP discussion still, despite ESPN trying their best to ignore him. Um, <laughs> it's a three man race: Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis, uh, with with Ja Morant and and DeRozan on the outside. Um, I think, but probably in the four and five slot, but. I think it's the three big guys right now vying for it. Um, Embiid's kind of got the narrative. Um, they just traded for Harden. He hasn't won one yet. He's in a big market. Jokic won last year. Giannis already has two. So I think Embiid's the front runner. And he's been really good. And Philly's unbeaten since they made that trade. Yeah, too. yeah. Philly's Philly's good. Um, but Giannis has the highest PER in league history, which is your player efficiency rating. Um, some people value that a lot. Um, and he's the highest ever. Except for Charles Oakley, who said that Giannis wouldn't even be a starter way way back in the day. Yeah, that, that's just that's just saltiness. He's a little silly. Yeah, that's just saltiness. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like where the Bucks are at. I, I really do. Um, gonna get over to see a game now that our season's about to be over. Uh, I hope so. I hope I get to one before the the playoffs start because mm-hmm. I'll definitely go to some playoff games. Yeah. But um, we'll we'll see what happens. But just go through, look at the standings sure. real quick. I mean, the Bucks are sitting in that three seed. They're a half game out of the two seed uh, behind Philly. I kind of like where they're at at three. Um, that puts them in a spot where you're probably going to play Cleveland in the first round. Um, if you go, if you moved up to the two, you would um, possibly play Brooklyn in the first round. And I just I don't want. I don't want to see that, because um, you could easily lose that series to them, and then you're the you're the defending champions who get knocked out in the first round. That that's not great. Plus, and then if they drop to four, then you got to possibly play Boston, who's been about the hottest team in the league, and then you'd have a second round matchup with Miami, where I would rather not have to see them until the conference finals. So, um, out west, Phoenix is still eight games up on everybody. Memphis is in the two spot. Um, one win, one ahead of 
Golden State in the win column right now. That's kind of going back and forth. But Memphis being in the two seed, that's that's really cool. I mean, John Morant in his third year has got mm-hmm. that team that good. Um, ninth seeded Lakers, man. I, they're five games out of the eight seed right now. So I was going to. It's going to be really hard for them to move up. I was going to text you the other day. I think it was maybe it was yesterday. PTI led with three things that in the sports world of today or over the weekend did not matter whatsoever, and one of them was LeBron and the Lakers. I just went, these are the... Well, he had 56, so they tried to make that matter, but, you know, it's like, okay, well, he had 56 against Golden State, but, like, Draymond wasn't there. They have no big guys. Who cares? things you can talk about, like, I don't... I don't get. I don't get why they're still a topic they, of conversation. Because I just don't get it. Yeah, because they're the Lakers. How, and how they still move the needle? They think that I that know. pays the bills, but the Lakers are stuck in the nine spot. Pelicans are a game behind in the ten spot, and then Portland is three behind the Lakers right now. Portland and everybody below them are so shitty. I don't think the Lakers can fall out of the play-in, <laughs> but they're going to have to probably win two play-in games. And those get, are only one game. Yeah. They're not a series. Yeah. Okay. So the winner of the 7-8 game, which is Miami and the Clippers, would automatically be the 7. Then the loser of that game plays the winner of 9-10. So the Lakers would have to win 9-10 and then beat somebody else again to even make the playoffs. So it's not looking great for them. And even if they do sneak in and get the 8 seed, then they got to play Phoenix. So Congratulations. Congratulations. Here's your prize. Here's the reigning conference champions. So... <laughs> All right. Um, I know there are a bunch of other. We're going to get to some college basketball in just a second because, I mean, conference tournaments are going, and there's some. It's been some ridiculous finishes already, uh, even in a championship game as well, and we'll we'll touch on some baseball, but um, just kind of wrap up the the rest of the NBA um, here Popovich, just, just for a second. Popovich tied Don Nelson last night for most uh, career wins. Oh. Um, he, so he's obviously one win away from the most all time. Has he given an indication of of if he's going to keep or is this like not that I not that I've heard. I okay. mean, he's stuck around a lot longer than I actually thought he would. I thought when Duncan Parker and Ginobili went, he might go too, but he's sticking around. Right. Um, Victor Oladipo has returned to the Heat. He hasn't played in about a year. Um, nice, nice player. He's had some leg problems the last couple years. Um, you know, it's one of those things. It's great on paper. Oh, they got Victor Oladipo, but where are you playing him? Whose minutes is he taking? Is he taking Heroes' minutes? Is he taking Duncan Robinson's minutes? Is he taking, um, you know, Kyle Lowry's minutes? So we'll we'll see how that okay. gets integrated. Um, Jared Allen out indefinitely with a broken, broken finger. finger. I did see that. Uh, that's a huge loss for the Cavs. Huge loss. I mean, to the point where it could drop them down into the play play in scenario because right now they're at the six spot. So that's that's a big one. Um, somehow I saw this today. Somehow the Bulls are zero and fourteen against the top three teams in each conference this year. That's amazing. So basically, they beat all the bad teams, right. but they cannot beat the good teams. I mean, I know the Bucks are two and zero against them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's and they were that on, was really surprising. They were when on I saw top that. of the East. Oh yeah. For, I mean, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, Russell Westbrook, as he's become known, is just throwing a hissy fit about getting criticized for sucking. What did I see in a highlight in warm-ups? He shot it over the backboard or yeah. something. What 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 is going on? He's a mess. Um, his wife came out on social media whining about media people 
criticizing him. Um, then, yeah. it, then, then, because it's bad for their family. Th- yeah, it's bad for their family. Then Westbrook came out and said that his family's been getting death threats and they don't even want to go to the game. I, I mean, I hope that's not true, but that doesn't mean that we can't criticize your basketball because it's been really bad. You're the worst three point shooter in the league. You, I think, lead the league or are close to the lead league leader in turnovers. Um, I told a buddy today. This reminds me what we're watching with him so much of the end of Allen Iverson's career. You got these two guys who are freak athletes and are ball dominators and everything has to be centered around them. And the problem with that is you get old. And when AI got old, Philly figured out he wasn't that guy anymore. They shipped him to Denver. He still thought he was that guy playing with Carmelo, that didn't work. Then he got shipped to Detroit, that didn't work. Then he got shipped to Memphis, then he was out of the league. Forgot, like, that fast. I forgot that he, he because he, he couldn't he, Detroit. He couldn't adapt. He wouldn't come off the bench. He wouldn't go from taking 19 shots to 12 shots. He wouldn't do the things to keep him around. And Westbrook's going that route. This is his fourth team in four years. He's probably not going to be on the Lakers next year, which will be five teams in five years. This is not... Shaq, who's just a center who people are passing around at the end of the year. Turning right. This is this is a guy who was a freak athlete, who was an MVP a couple years ago, who was averaged a triple double in a season, and people can't get rid of him fast enough. Is it just ego where you can't like if you just said that, like this is gonna be your fifth team in five years, and teams are not wanting to do this, and because here's why. Don't you think that somebody in his inner circle or somebody can tell him that and or he can see the writing on the wall that maybe oh yeah maybe, he doesn't know how to play any other way he doesn't have he doesn't have and this is the same thing with Iverson they don't have the requisite skill sets to adapt the way they need to adapt because by doing so they become it, not very good players it, it devalues you absolutely for Allen Iverson to give the ball up and go stand in the corner while somebody else gets theirs, well, I'm Allen Iverson. I don't stand in the corner. Like I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not a catch and shoot guy that stands in the corner. I'm the guy that throws it to the catch and shoot. But guy. if you can't do that anymore, well, as but, well as you could have, but the, then. But, but the point is, they can't adapt. They can't become that because they've never had to do that. And you really, I mean, it's hard to. It's hard to become that at 34. You're going to tell Russell Westbrook, hey, dude, you're just going to shoot corner threes. Like, okay, well, he's going to hit the side of the backboard twice a game because <laughs> he's not a three. That's not what he does. So, I mean, I understand it from the player point of view to a point, but as you get older, you have to understand how to age gracefully. It's one of my fears with Giannis, honestly, is what is he going to be like at 32, 33? Can he play the way... He plays now, then. I'm not sure. And as much as, you know, you don't love him shooting all these jump shots sometimes, it's like, well, as he gets older and you lose a third of a step and you have to be able to come to terms with that and adjust your game. And Westbrook's not been able to do it. Iverson couldn't do it. There's been a lot of guys who haven't been able to do it, and that's why you see them go from really, really good to just done. Because they can't adjust. And we're seeing that with Westbrook. And I love that it's on the Lakers. (laughs) 
I don't hate Westbrook. I'm not a Westbrook guy. Never have been. I appreciate how hard he plays. He's very similar to Giannis and Iverson in that respect. But I hate his game. I've always hated his game. He's a stat hog. I just I never bought into it. All right, let's move to uh, college hoops. Uh, it is conference tournament time. Pretty much every conference tournament is going to be underway as of the end of this week, correct? Yeah. I think. Pretty much by uh, Thursday, Thursday, I think, is Thursday? when the okay. first round of Big Big Ten starts, and I think that's last. That's one of the last because they wrap up on, on Selection Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, Badgers finish 24-6, and six, tie for first in the Big Ten. They dropped a couple of spots in the final AP poll after beating Purdue, which was phenomenal, um, and a nice bank at the uh, couple of banks in the last couple of minutes, and then they go out and they lose to Nebraska, but they play the last 17 and a half minutes without uh, Johnny Davis, who uh, picked up an ankle injury courtesy of uh, what was called for a flagrant foul. Uh, Davis just got player of the year in the Big Ten and guard is coach of the year in the conference as well. So uh, obviously uh, pouring in the accolades, and then they get the two seed uh, in the Big Ten tournament and uh, they'll play in the quarterfinals on Friday. I think it's at 5.30, and they'll either play Maryland or Michigan State. So, Yeah, um, I, uh, I, watched the, uh, I, watched, I pretty much watched the second half of the Purdue game. Yeah, it was a good game. Purdue had to come back. They really sucked for most of the first half. And, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just been one of those years for the Badgers. You know, you're banking in those shots like that. It's just kind of, it's just your, well, it's, it's, it's your year. It's what you say. It's like if they're doing this, like what, what are we yeah. gonna do? If you got a horseshoe up your ass, sometimes there's just not much the other team can do. And you know, Johnny Davis banks the one in from dead on, and then Hepburn slops the one in with a second left. And uh, you know, good for them. Not taking anything away from them at all. They they had a really good year, twenty four and six. Shocked they lost to Nebraska. Um, even with Johnny Davis going down, Nebraska sucks. Like three Big Ten wins yeah, coming in. That's that a game. bad team. And for you to lose at home on senior day with a chance to outright win it, oh man, that hurts. I was listening to a little I watched the first couple of minutes of my folks and then I, I was listening to the game on the way home because I was running around doing some stuff. And Mike Lucas said, I think it maybe it was like at the second media timeout, said, It is hard for me to describe how flat the Badgers look here in the first you know, opening eight minutes. Well, of the sure, because for all intents and purposes, the Purdue game was the conference championship game. But it's it was it's kind like when, well, it's like when the Americans beat the Russians. It's like great, you still got to play in the gold medal game, right? You know, and they showed up, and unfortunately, the Badgers didn't. And I didn't see much of the game. I watched I, the first couple of minutes. Their defense they were down, was atrocious. They were, yeah, they were down big early. Yes. Then they came back. Um, I I saw a replay of the Johnny Davis thing. I, I don't know. It didn't look. Super bad. Like they threw him out of the game with a flagrant foul. It didn't look like he tackled him. He hit him from behind. Um, and Johnny Davis, I don't know. I guess that he, he said he rolled an ankle. Everybody was speculating that it was a knee thing. So thankfully that wasn't the case. But um, you know, it, honestly, I'm I'm sure he'll be fine by Thursday, Friday, whatever. Yep. I wouldn't play him if he's not. No, I, no, I wouldn't play him if he's ninety percent. Um, he, I would make sure he's 100, 110% ready to go in that game. Cause number one, I think you probably could win without him. And number two, um, does a loss really affect a whole no, lot of I, I think, at this point? No, we'll get into that in a minute. I think the Badgers are going to probably end up in the three spot, but, okay. um, we'll see. I mean, they got to play the winner of Maryland, Michigan state, 
which just played on Sunday <laughs> and Michigan played. State kicked the shit out of them. All right. So they'll probably play Michigan State, who has been reeling of late. Um, so that should be a win. Then you got to probably play Purdue again. So I think uh, if the Badgers get to the conference championship, I think that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I just don't think they match up very well with Illinois. I mean, no, they don't. I think that's just a bad. Yep, I think that's just a bad matchup for them. Um, so uh, your Golden Eagles wrapped up uh, the season. They beat St. John's, but that loss to DePaul. I was, I was like, what is that? I read the score the next morning. I went, really? I should have texted you what happened in that game. Um, did you watch both of no, those? No, well, the DePaul. I couldn't get it. It was on some random ass channel. I didn't get. Um, but they gave up sixty eight points in the second half to DePaul. I mean, that's just unacceptable, right? I, I, Giving up sixty or fifty eight, fifty eight, not sixty eight. Giving up fifty eight to anybody in college basketball and a half is unacceptable. But to DePaul, um, who is like the second to last place team in the Big East, um, that's that's not good. But they turned it around. They beat St. John's uh, this weekend. Went nineteen and eleven. Got fifth in the Big East. Even the DePaul win would have been nice to get be twenty and ten in the regular season. Um, wouldn't have affected their their seating. They would have still been in the uh, spot they're in for the Big East tournament. So. Uh, Justin Lewis, um, most improved in the Big East from Marquette. I have not seen their all-conference yet. I'm not sure if it's out. It was because they just said in the story today he made all-conference okay. on Sunday. Okay, well, then he I, made all-conference, too. Yeah. 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 Um, so they play Creighton for the third time in the 4-5 or five game Thursday afternoon. Um, they lost at home in overtime to Creighton in a game they absolutely should have won, and then they blew a game about two weeks ago at Creighton and lost by one. So they, these two teams are really, really even. Creighton's come out on top at the end because Marquette's done some stupid stuff. But Is this tournament at the Garden? Yeah. Okay. I, I expect this to be a really good game Thursday afternoon. Okay. And, and honestly, I think if Marquette wins this game, I think they can win the Big East tournament. Really? Yeah. Because they would play Providence in the second round. They've already beat them and almost beat them at Providence. And then maybe you get Villanova and they've already beat them twice. Twice. So they'd have a shot, but beating Creighton, that's going to be tough. They, they don't match up well with them. Okay. Um, some tournaments are already in the books. Um, I know Loyola Chicago. I watched a little bit of that championship game. I think Georgia State played yesterday mm-hmm. or last night. Um, and then the, the Tennessee Chattanooga uh, giving up a layup with, to, I think, where they played Furman. I yeah, think. I think so. Furman got a layup, and then they, with four seconds to go, they cleared it across half court. The guy threw up a prayer in between two defenders and knocked it in. Yeah, probably about um, a, I don't know, about a 40-footer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and then people just went absolutely batshit crazy. But I've never heard of Longwood. Yeah, I'm not sure where they're from. I, but I don't know that. Murray yeah, State is... That's Jaws School. That's that, that Right, exactly. And, and like we said, Loyola and Georgia State... Um, so those are your five tickets that I've already punched. There's six more championship games. We were watching the yep. Horizon League um, just a little bit ago with the Wright State and shoot Fort Wayne, Indianapolis, Fort is it, Wayne. Is that what I it was? Yeah, because you were really impressed by the uniforms. Yeah, look like fucking practice jerseys. Nice <laughs> job, guys. So yeah, six more. Uh, six more. The, o- the only the one really of note is the is the West Coast. So it's Gonzaga, Gonzaga, St. Mary's tonight. That'll be a good game, but. Other than that, it's you know, it's a lot of these smaller uh, schools that'll probably get pounded in the first round. So right now, the latest bracketology has the Badgers getting a two seed. Yeah, which is surprising, honestly. Um, 
So the the one seeds they got Gonzaga's in the overall number one, followed by Baylor, Kansas, and our, uh, Arizona. They had the two seeds: Badgers, Duke, Auburn, and Kentucky. Um, they had the Badgers as the lowest two seed because they had them in the same bracket as Gonzaga. Um, I think the Badgers would have to at least get to the Big Ten title game and quite possibly win it to be a two. Okay, I, I just I think they're more of a three, honestly. Um, but well, we'll see. You know, Lenardi's usually pretty close with the seeds, not always spot on, but um, we'll we'll see what happens this this weekend. They had UW out west playing Long Beach State in the two fifteen game, but having the game in Milwaukee, which is just funny how they still call it out west, but it's in Milwaukee. So, do they would they specifically keep the Badgers in that? Like, do they purpose? Does the committee do that to keep some of the regional teams if? If you have, you know, a couple of the first two rounds being hosted in a city that has a statewide school, would they keep that school if they're going to get into the tournament in that region? If they're good. That's not necessarily a home floor, but at least yeah, it can't be a home the, it in the vicinity. Yeah. It can't be a home floor, but they only really they only do that for the top seeds. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They All only right. do that for the top seeds. So, you know, that's why over the years in the East, for instance, you'll see North Carolina and Duke all the time play in Greenville. Or Charlotte, that's usually where they get to go. Um, so we'll, we'll, you know, that's a bona fide home game at that point, basically. I would think. And it's the same right. thing with the Badgers. Badgers playing in Milwaukee. There's a shitload of Badger alums in Milwaukee, and you're an hour away, right. on, on 94. So that doesn't matter. Marquette they had as a seven seed in the Midwest, playing Miami down in Greenville, um, and that's about where I think. Um, they should be seven. a seven. I think if they lost to Creighton, depending on what happened in some other tournaments, it could drop them to an eight. Honestly, I'm not that concerned about it. I think if they could win one game in the tournament, I think that'd be fantastic. Um, I don't see Marquette making much of a run this year, but that's okay. I, like I said all along, I'm just ecstatic that they were relevant and are in the tournament this year. This is supposed to be a rebuild year with Shaka coming in. So uh, for them to be where they're at is is pretty good. Eight Big Ten teams projected to make it, seven Big East teams. So uh, both conferences, really good years. All right. Um, got anything else on, on hoops? Or nope, I think that's it. It's not going to be much to touch on for baseball. I heard that the, the meeting today, which was supposed to be another deadline given by baseball, lasted 20 minutes. Okay. That's not good. That's not that usually, good. Usually you don't strike uh, multi-billion dollar deals in 20 minutes. Not really. Um, I haven't I haven't read anything else, but that's just one tweet that I saw that that's what it lasted, and then they would say, you know, we can't make up the games after today, so there would be no 162-game season. There would be no full salary, full payout, nothing like that. Um, but it, it's – I mean, I talked about this on the – on, on the country station this morning with a guy who's not who's who's a baseball fan, a Brewer fan, but he's just now joining the ranks of you know the fans that they've already got. And I said this a couple of weeks ago in a commentary. You're not re- really worried about them. They'll come back because once baseball comes comes back, they want to watch baseball. They'll go. Sure, you know we've done it with the sports we love when basketball and football. Yeah, that's, for sure. That, just how that, but yep. it's like those tweeners that you need their money and convince them to come out to the ballpark. It's a good time, or you're trying to build those fans. All you're doing is pissing people off, and and really, um, you know, you're just really, 
I'm, I'm struggling to find the word. You're, they're you're becoming, alienating them. Yes, yeah. they're becoming estranged from from mm-hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're pushing them away, like it or not. Your optics are terrible. I don't care which side you're on. And I get that the owners probably share most of the blame because all they're looking for is to maximize their payday. Players are wanting to get paid. It's a business. They want to make yes. money. Not having control and, and be in charge of their careers more so than not. But well, now that it's gotten to this point, I don't care who's in the wrong. All I know is you're not playing, and I miss baseball, and I hate all of you for it. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. That's all it's gotten to be for me. The rest of it is just details that I don't give a shit about. I I'm, know. I, I'm, I'm not ready to pick sides. I don't care. I'm with you. I, I'm, just figure it out. I'm with you. You know, and it's it's one of those things, and we've talked about it before, especially with a team like the Brewers, where it's like my loyalty is with the team over any player ever, um, because my team is my team. My team's not going anywhere. You know, knock on mm-hmm. wood that Miller Park's still standing in thirty years, but your team is your team. Players come and go, so there's that tug of war as a fan of what side do I want to take. But I'm with you, man. Like. Just figure this shit out. There's too much money um, for for us as fans to be worrying about. The only the only thing I totally do side with the players on is I think some of these lower level minor league guys need to be better compensated. These guys are some of them are damn near living at the poverty line. Absolutely, you know, you've got four or five twenty one to twenty five year olds sharing basically like a studio apartment. Like that ain't right. That's not right. Um, they got to figure that out. And there's enough money. These owners make enough money um, with with the revenue sharing and all that stuff. Where they they you can figure that out. You just got to get it done. Well, like what I saw last week, not a whole lot of teams make their financial numbers available to the general public. But the Braves reported a profit of a hundred nine, hundred six, or hundred nine million dollars last year. That's not revenue. That's profit. Well, that ha- that'll happen when you win the World Series, you know. But, I, I mean, people forget, too, sometimes, and then you want to look at it from the owner's perspective. Like, you don't think about that Atanasio not only has a $100 million player payroll plus what he pays all the people that work at Miller Park and the coaches and whatnot, but then you got three levels of minor league that he has to pay and all of the people that work for those teams and all of those players. So there's there's a lot more than what you just see when they show you the, the – um, the roster and how much they make. There's a lot more money that's getting shelled out by the team. So I see both sides, but at the end of the day, you know, everybody was fine when you played a 60 game season during the pandemic. Nobody really missed those other hundred. So if you're fine with only having 60 games, then fine. Because as a fan, whatever, I just found other shit to do. It's just other shit to do. You know, this isn't 1994. Everybody's got a phone now. Everybody wasn't walking around with a phone in 94, losing their mind because their baseball team wasn't playing all summer. Now people will just move on. There's too much. There's other football leagues. There's other basketball leagues. People are more into soccer than they've ever been. There's just too Golf is bigger than it's ever been. There's just too much other shit to fill that void. I just don't get the, the ignorance and just the naive belief that they think that all this stuff isn't affecting their product. It, and and it's, is it just because they've been around so long 
and they think because they're the national pastime and have this label and people will have the love of the game and it's the summertime stuff and the dog days, they'll turn to them when there's nothing else. I mean, like, I, I, I just don't get how you don't understand what you're doing to your own sport. Because it all boils down to the same thing and it boils down to the same thing whenever in any walk of life there's a, an issue like this at work. It's union versus management. Period. That's it. Neither one of them wants to give. And that's what happens when we would see it's in the automotive industry. If we saw see it with teachers, wherever there's a union versus management, nobody wants to give. And that's why we get these work stoppages, especially in sports, because now you're dealing with people with big, big money and big, big egos. You know, and then those people certainly don't want to give. The baseball players union for years has always been known as like the most stubborn, unwilling to bend union in professional sports. And that's why we've had work stoppages in baseball over these years. You know, we haven't had a work stoppage in football, I don't think, since 87. That sounds right. And we had the... Uh, this is we, the ninth one in baseball. They had one in 2012 with the NBA, and they had one in 99, but they it was they were pretty short, you know. Uh, baseball's the only one, and maybe hockey that have ever missed like a full season's worth of games. And baseballs was split over two, but I don't know, man. It just comes down to the union doesn't want to give in to the boss and for their reasons, and the boss doesn't want to give in to the employee for their reasons. And it doesn't really matter. All this ancillary shit that we worry about, I don't know that a lot of them worry about it. They got to win. These guys are gazillionaires, man. They got to win. It's just a, you know... To me, you're doing cost-benefit analysis of how much you're damaging and what you get out of it. All of it makes at, sense at the end. You're not a gazillionaire, man. I know. <laughs> it's just, and I never will you know, be. And that's we, fine. It's just a, those guys. It's a different people world. Don't tell rich guys no. Uh, the other stuff, I, I mean, I know it's amazing. Also, in all of these meetings, however long they last, twenty minutes uh, to an hour and a half to six hours, whatever. I still have seen one or two issues that they still say they're far apart on. They've already agreed to a pitch clock, no shift, which basically means you can't go past second base on this stuff, which what, I hate that. Whatever. I hate that. I don't care. And then larger bases. Okay. Well, the explanation for that, I, I read up on that today, and that's a little interesting. Let's Let's start with the pitch clock. I really don't think anybody should think that that's that big of a deal. Like, if a dude's on base, it shouldn't take you 20 seconds to decide if you're throwing over or throwing home. And that's what the 19 seconds is for. The 14 seconds is if nobody's on. Nobody's on. I think that's a very reasonable amount of time to see the pitch, pick the pitch, throw the pitch, or throw it over to first. Like, I just, that doesn't seem that unreasonable to me. And I think the same thing with the batters. Like, these guys that want to walk out and grab their nuts and kick the dirt off their shoes redo and their redo gloves. their batting glove. Like, dude, just put a foot out for a second if you got to catch your breath. Or you want to refocus. That, look down at the sign and then, and then get back, back in the box. Right. Yep. Um, I, I don't like the no shift. I don't like the shift at all, but I also don't like that they've now banned it. Because, like, you know what, dude? Just try to go oppo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Push. come on. I, I don't want to hear from these people. You don't understand. They're throwing 94 inside. You can't go oppo. Figure it out. You're a major league hitter. Figure it out. You you should be able to do that yep. at will if you're looking for a particular yes. pitch or you know that something's coming. Fine, bunt. Figure it out. 
Bunt, if they're going to shift the four guys in a row, bunt four fucking times in a row. But they can't because it's, it's again, it goes well, back. Bunting's it's good, hard. Go, they, throw, all, they throw a lot harder than they used it to. It also goes back to ego. I can beat this. Yeah. You know? And then the last thing. So the larger basis thing is interesting. So the explanation that I read was a lot of times what's happening, and we see it on steals from first to second base, when the guy goes in head first, there's this split second when they come off the bag. When the hand goes past the bag but is not touching and the body is not quite touching and the tag is on and they're calling these guys out for this. Apparently they think the longer wide, because I think 14 square inches is what the base is now. The new one would be 18 or 19. So they believe the larger base will be easier for the guy sliding in to stay on the base, which I do like because I think – Anytime we're slowing it down to a tenth of a second in a replay, we're just, this is stupid. <laughs> the other thing it said was injury prevention, less, um, more, you know, opportunities for more safe plays at first on bang-bang plays because the bag's wider. Less opportunities to step on the first baseman as you're going by because the bag's wider. And then at second base, they feel it'll be safer for the guy turning the double play because, again, you're, you don't, you're not in you got a little bit of an extra five inches there. Hopefully that keeps injuries out. You're laughing because you're a first baseman in softball, and I'm sure you've been mangled a few times at first. I've been mangled at f- a few times at first, and I do. And that's the double bag, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I am stepped on or kicked a lot of the time, and I am I have very good footwork for a guy my size. You know, I can step on the bag, and it's tough being a right-handed dude because you got over and then switch your feet mm-hmm. so you can stretch across the diamond. These lefties get it easy. They just got to go over there, put their left foot on there, and then reach with their right hand. That That's very easy, but it's like I make it a point to put my foot on the corner of the bag. On the high side. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's... The outfield side. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm on the infield well, you're side. You're on the infield side. Yep. Okay. But either way, my heel is on there. The ball of my foot is on the ground. I'm getting the bag, but I'm barely getting the bag. And I still get stepped on when there's an orange base yeah. in foul territory. Isn't that something? Like, it's, to me, I wouldn't even care, and I wouldn't even think it's rec ball or whatever to do that. If you're really worried about the injuries, put an orange bag out there. Mm-hmm. I don't even care. No, I don't care either. It's fine, because there shouldn't be anybody running into anybody you at that point. You don't need one at third, but you no, can have one at no, first. No, no, no. Third, that's that's a whole different. But first, the where, where most of the outs in the infield come from, yeah. fine. Yeah. If, if you're that worried about injuries, just do it. I don't care. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it, it's yeah. It's, I don't mind that the larger base thing. It, I I think it will look weird at first. Sure, but um, yeah, I'm 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 for that no. one. But the shift one, I don't know. I just banning a banning a defense. I don't know. It would be like saying you can't play a two three zone in basketball, or you can't play a cover two in football. Like, right? It's like really? we've scouted like, this. We know where this guy's. Like, why am I keeping track of spray charts? Right. And doing all these probabilities if you're not allowing me to try and defend better against a good guy. Well, and I think they're thinking that if you're not charting spray charts and defending guys that way, it'll produce more offense. That's the theory. Well, and I think that's a good thing. But then at the same time, it's like, well, how's that going to quicken the game up? It won't. (laughs) 
Will not. Now all of a sudden, instead of these three to two games, now we're back to like the steroid era where every game was like nine to seven. Yeah, and you've got 15, 16 hits in the ball game, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how that speeds no. the game up. I don't, I don't get that either. All right, um, that's a lot to cover. We'll kind of wrap with some high school stuff. Uh, we're into girls' basketball season is done for us. You know, we, we were able to call a sectional semifinal game. We saw one of the best teams in the state, mm-hmm. um, a team that you and I think has a, as good a chance to win the state tournament um, as as game, as teams that we know of because we've seen in, in Kettle Moraine. But they're also not going to run into the number one team in the state for most of the year, Hortonville, because things just went absolutely berserk over the weekend. Was it, was, it, was, it, was, semi, was, it was a it was Thursday a semi semifinal game? Yeah. game? When Hortonville was playing, I don't even know who were there, Nina. Mm-hmm. And Hort- two top two top ten teams. Yeah. Hortonville's number one all year, undefeated. Yep. Ne- neutral court and Hortonville was going down. I don't know how much time was left on the clock, but they purposely got it into the front court, dribbled the ball to their bench, and to call a timeout. And the girl, either when she got the ball at midcourt to break a press to dribble to their bench. She either didn't put it down or she hopped at the end to call a timeout. Either way, how you interpret it, the referee called the travel, mm-hmm. which I put that up on Twitter and I looked at the comments from the person who originally um, posted the clip. 99.9% said, what did this guy see? There's no travel. No. And, and even if there was a little hint of it, you knew the situation that it was happening and because all they wanted to do was call timeout. There was no play. There was no play whatsoever. Why do you have to insert yourself right into this and make that call at that juncture with the game on the line in a Division One sectional semifinal game? I yeah, don't know. I will turn it over to you for that because it's tough. I mean, you wrecked a season. You wrecked a perfect season. Really? Possibility. I mean, maybe they would have still lost because Nina made a free throw to go up one. Hortonville threw it in, got it into the front court, so they could inbound it in the front court. Girl called a timeout, and it was it was interesting because they called her for a travel. She actually dropped the ball. Yeah. So if anything, I thought he would have called a double dribble, um, but there was no travel. Nobody has said that she traveled. Um, it's not the kind of uh, – it's not something – it would be the same thing as if, like, when somebody's going over to call a timeout, if I ran over and tried to tie the ball up and get a jump ball out of it, you don't call that either. Right. I'm I'm basically giving myself up here to call this timeout. You know it. Everybody on the floor knows it. My coach is sitting there screaming it at me. Right. And you're going to call a travel. Well, you wanted to be part of the show. You wanted it to be the ref show. And we, I think, have done a much better job this year than in years past of not talking much about the refs on our broadcasts because – I hate doing it. I hate when we have to do it. I think it sucks. I don't want to talk about it. I don't think most people want to hear it. Well, you hear from people. It's like, you guys really talked yep. about throw. Well, you know what? When it's the dominating storyline and it shouldn't be, you can't just ignore it. But listen, a lot of these games we do, the refereeing is not good. And in some of it, it's flat out embarrassing. Um, I, I, I've, I've heard the excuse many times and... I'm sure somebody here who's a ref or knows a ref or hires refs is going to be angry when I say this. I'm tired of the it's so hard to get referees excuse. That's That that doesn't mean these guys can't be criticized and held accountable when they make these kind of mistakes. That referee that did that, nothing's going to happen to him. He'll be refing games next year if he wants to. 
There's well, no doubt about it. It's just he weird. might even be refing a Hortonville game next year if he wants to. <laughs> it's weird because this is kind of the first year that I've really kind of talked to some coaches about officiating and how this is set up and how far in advance you know which crew is doing your game and then you can appeal to have a different crew come in if there's something that has happened before or previous instances where you don't want them working your game. Well, well you know, whatever. These guys all get graded by coaches. Mm -hmm. They turn in their grades after games. What happens then? Are these grades reviewed? Are these people given performance reviews? Are they paid different wages if you get higher grades? Are you requested for better games if you get higher grades? I mean, I would assume that's why certain crews are working sectionals and playoffs as the number of games dwindle you get the better crews going mm -hmm. to cover the games mm -hmm. i would assume that's how that I works i would assume so too so what does that grading system do what are we doing with and it and who sees it and who who does it and who's with it? making yeah. is that a wia thing is it a is it an organization of referees like we yeah we don't know and listen i'm not trying to disparage these guys we need referees this is not their day job i totally understand most of these guys, just like you and I, they go to work all day, and then at night they give up their time to go get a little bit of money yeah, and to go wrestle the game. Fine. I totally understand that. I'm not disparaging anybody for doing that. But, you know, to, to draw a poor analogy to real world, everybody that was bitching about how bad the cops have been, well, maybe it's not all the cops are bad. Maybe their training sucks. And maybe it's the same thing with some of these referees because we see a lot of shit that goes on and gets called and doesn't get called in these games, and maybe they're just trained poorly. I, I don't know. But I do have a solution to the lack of referees that I always hear about. So back in the Stone Age when I played. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Yes, I like this. We had two referees. And in tournament, because the games meant more, they would bump it up to three referees. Yep. I remember what I remember that because well, all of a sudden you get to a playoff game. Yes. Oh, we get an extra got an referee. extra referee. Got more eyes on the Excellent. on the, on this the court. Is great. Yes. So somewhere after I graduated, they now for every game have three referees, regular season and playoff. My idea is let's go back to two referees for the regular season game because here's what ends up happening in the games with three referees that we see now. You have one guy who's the little general who's going to run around all night and blow the whistle on 80% of the calls. You're going to have a second referee that's going to do just enough so you kind of remember that he's there. And then you have a third guy who doesn't do anything. Let's take that third guy off of every crew that doesn't really do hardly anything during the game other than hand the ball to the kid to throw it inbounds. Let's marry a couple of these guys up. Now we got more crews. And let's train these guys a little bit better. And you know what? Let's pay them a little bit better because there's money. Don't tell me there ain't. There's always money. Because we want this to be better. And like I said, I'm not disparaging referees you're, because we need referees. Your plan is in the interest of improving 100%. the game. It's not to take the I product want, down. I want the refereeing to be better, which in turn makes the games better. Because the less we talk about those guys on the air, it means the better the game is. It's just a fact. So that's part of that's my first rant. Okay. School. Okay. The second one is we were fortunate this year that we got to see some um, really talented kids mm -hmm. on a couple of these teams. Um, 
Craig Girls had two first-team all-conference, Ellie Magistro, Kennedy, Kate Hummel. They had a second-teamer in Maya Nicholson. Um, Parker, boys, had first-team uh, big man Jake Neighbor, second-team Trey uh, Miller. Craig Boys had a second-teamer in DeMarcus DeVolk. So we got to see some good, you know, good players in town this year on both girls and boys. Um, so heartfelt congratulations to all those kids that had that recognition because that's very cool. And it's, it's what you work for growing up. The bad part about it is eight people make first-team all-conference in basketball, which is interesting because you can only have five on the floor at a time. <laughs> so somebody needs to explain to me how that is a good idea other than participation trophy mentality. Because I know from... My era again, not to talk about me, but that was a big deal making first team all conference in basketball because there's only five dudes or girls. And now when you're getting it to eight, it kind of waters it down a little bit. That's well, the phrase I was going to use. How many times did we go on games in the second half of the season and say, let's figure out first team all conference? And when I said there's eight guys, you just kind of went, what? And then we yeah. tried to think of 16 that we could put, and we didn't really get there. No. We didn't think that there was anybody worthy enough to put in the 16. They have to come up with it, but when you think of all conference, you think of the best guys. Mm-hmm. And if you can't think of anybody that needs to be labeled as a best guy, you have too many guys. Most most high school conferences are going to have too many two, slots. They're going to have two or three really good players. They're going to have two or three pretty good players, and then they're going to have a bunch of the guys that are just high school players. Well, that's not 16 players. That's like nine or ten players, and that's what it should be, and then everybody else should be honorable mention. If you want to even have a third team, fine. If you want to get it out to 15. But I just hate that, you know, and they did this with All-State a few years ago. It used to just be there was AP All-State. Now there's AP All-State, but then the WBCA has their own All-State, and then their All-State is broken down by division. So it's not really All-State. It's like All-State division. Well, and it goes back to your point of this used to be a big deal because the competition was fierce. And I had a I had a conversation with a coach when we talked about the all-conference uh, rankings in first team and second team, and I said, well, how many players are on the floor for one team at a time? And the person said five. And I said, then why are, are there eight spots? And the the look of confusion I got back was not anticipated. Like, well, if you have five on the floor at one time, there should be five spots. And then there should be five spots for second team, and then there should only be ten. And the argument against that was, well, that would make it too tough to pick who's there. And I went, isn't that the point? Yeah, it's supposed to be select company. Right. But like anything else that we've seen nowadays, things need to expand because more people or teams or whatever awards need to get included or handed out so that we can get cover as much territory as yeah. possible so people or teams don't feel left out. It's supposed to be an honor. It's something that's earned by your play. It's not given. It's earned. And, you know, like our buddy John Barry said, if the first-team all-conference Big 8 boys played the first-team all-conference Badger boys, who starts? Who starts? Because now you got to pick three guys that don't start. Like, it's just supposed to be like a real basketball team. Right. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying you have to have 
two guards, two forwards, and a center. Just you pick the five best people, and that's your first team. Mm-hmm. That's the way it's been done forever. I didn't. I don't. I mean, football's freaking yeah. even worse. You got like freaking four quarterbacks on first team. There's only nine teams in the freaking league. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't understand it. It just drives me crazy. I know it's, it's part of the reason why I think locally we're 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 not as competitive as we used to be. In in and I don't mean like competitive in the standings. I just mean competitive. Mm-hmm. We just don't seem to have that fire here in town anymore, and I don't know why. It's 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 perplexing to me. I I had somebody stop in yesterday to see me, and the first words out of his mouth are, "What the hell's going on with the Craig Boys basketball team?" Just saying, they weren't saying that twenty years ago. It was, "Wow, what the hell's going on with that team? Holy shit, they're good!" Right. Now it's like, oh, my God, what happened? And all those kids try really hard. We love them. We love covering them, but it, it's it's different. Mm-hmm. It's different. Well, we're going to see if we get a chance to uh, see if we go to uh, play or cover a game at the Kohl Center because we've got um, – we have Milton on Thursday – uh, they're going to be over in Wilmot against West Tosha Central, and then if they get by that sectional final, and then it's state. So yeah, um, there's there's the potential to be there. I know we were kind of, my commentary yesterday was like we we wouldn't mind being done, but we wouldn't mind going to broadcast at state because that would just be cool. It would be cool, and I know Milton is jazzed up about it. I know we would probably rather be calling somebody from Craig or Parker. You know, stay because that's the teams we sure. see all the yeah. time. Yeah. Um, but whether we got to go there to cover Milton, wow. I'm 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 not really going to be picky at this. Milton's point. Milton's basically Janesville North at this point because you live in that district. Half the people I know live in that district. So yeah, yeah, it is what it is. All right, that is a jam-packed almost 90 minutes uh, worth of sports stuff from the intentional yeah, foul. Thanks, NFL. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I really cared. It's other to be hoops and piss on baseball. Well, and don't you know some high school rants? You know, don't be too mad at me about my high school rants. It's just my opinion. We're still supportive of everybody that's Absolutely. doing their thing. We just would like some things to be better and possibly change for the better. We do a lot of observing over forty. What's yeah, going to be I, our forty seventh game? I would challenge most people around to tell me you've seen more basketball games front to back than you and I have. Well, you in particular, so, because you've played in more. Yeah. But well, yeah. I mean, just even like in a year's worth, like you For said, sure. we're on game 47. Like, who else has seen 47 full high school basketball games? Matt Bredesen. That's about it. <laughs> That's about it. Coach B. Friend requested me on Facebook today. Not a chance, buddy. Delete. Not a chance. <laughs> That is the intentional foul for this week. Thank you for listening, uh, downloading. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends. And uh, we'll see if we got enough news to come back next week. Uh, otherwise, I'm on vacation at the end of the month. Maybe we'll squeeze one in before we leave for that. So uh, it's going to be tournament yeah, time. Yeah, we'll be hitting here yeah. and there. And maybe it'd be nice to get something in before the NCAA tournament. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. Until then, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We'll talk to you next time. Go Bucks.